Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hey, this is Jeff Zog from the Dad Awesome Podcast. I love the Crazy Cool Family, and specifically, I hopped into Basecamp. All of these resources, the video resources, the specific guides that let me put the names of my daughters and my wife, and just showing me visually, hey, am I making progress? What areas can I attend more to? So I'm so thankful. I want to encourage you guys to hop into Basecamp, sign up, dive into those first intro videos. It's been so helpful for my family. Hello again. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. We are going through our, we're ending, ending. Wrapping up the summer series. Summer's a wrap. The seventh. Who knows your kid best? We have gone through every one of our children, our seven children, and we are landing on the seventh, seventh, would you say the best child, McCade? Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Took us seven to get to the perfect one. Yeah. (laughs) He it really he he really is perfect. No. (laughs) When he was born, um the the banner over his life was Oh, I love him. That's what I said when as soon as I saw him, oh, I love him. He was just the most adorable newborn. He had a head full of hair and he was just gorgeous. He was just so beautiful. And I had had six newborns before that, so I knew how fast the newborn stage goes. And so I just adored him from the moment that I met him I mean, until now. What, you're 16 now? <laughs> just So welcome, McCade. Thank you. <laughs> M, some people get struggle with the name. We ran out of M names, so we had to start doing MCs. Mackenzie, McCade. This is M C C A D E, McCade. So, well, I love the name Cade. It means purity. But and I actually wanted to name him William to be a W. But the, um, everybody was like, "No, Mom, you can't not name him an M. He has to have an M." Yeah, he will feel left out. He will. Feel, yeah. yeah. Would so, you have felt left out? Probably, yeah. <laughs> oh, they knew so, it. <laughs> so now um, his middle name's William. So I, I, so I call him William a lot. So, um, what? So we were talking before the podcast. Like uh, growing up, um, you said a lot of your siblings were already old people in your mind. Um, but uh, what do you remember about your siblings and, and about just growing up in the in the house? Uh, I remember. I don't know, playing games with Maddox especially because he was kind of like my buddy growing up. So we played the imaginary games. We came together like against Michael, I guess you could say. Because Michael like, is the evil older brother. Yeah, I, mean, I would say bigger older. But I wouldn't say he was evil, but he was definitely bigger and harder to challenge. So he could take on both of us. And then the sisters. Well, one of the things I remember about you at that age and still is you were so tough. I mean, you would do things like, I mean, you were three years old and jumping off the top bunk, trying to hit the beanbag chair. Sometimes you hit it, sometimes you didn't. Well, I remember, we've got a video of him doing a backflip off the top bunk onto a beanbag chair. Yes, he climbed everywhere. He was, um, and and, you know, seventh kid, just so on his own. I remember one time... um, we had some bars that were up on the like the third shelf of the pantry, and some like eating bars, like yeah, no, yeah, yeah, like nutrition bar, <laughs> you like energy bars or whatever. And I walk in there, and you have scaled the pantry walls <laughs> to get your energy bar and your and you know, just stuff like that. And then things that would 
normally, you know, if you fell or hit your knee or something, I would be like, okay, here comes, you know, I've had seven kids. Where? Here comes the cry. And he'd be like, okay, whatever. You know, and just walk it off. I mean, just still to this day, I mean, a, a really um, high pain tolerance, a real tough kid. Do you remember that? And you would, because like you would go up against Michael. For, how old's Michael? How many years older than Michael than you? Uh, six, I think. So yeah. Yes. And think about when he's like, five and michael's 11 and they would go up against each other in football and things like that right yeah i tried my best didn't really work out that much (laughs) many times i got thrown around yeah so what else what else do you remember you remember playing as a little kid what about um I remember the times where you worked at Liberty and then all the siblings were at school. And so we had like a year or two that me and you kind of hung out every day. And we kind of just did our own thing. And I watched some YouTube, played some games. We were you went at, out. School, at school with no, her? It was just me and him. At yeah. home. And everybody else was at school. Yeah. 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 And so she would work only Fridays and I would go to like some random person's house and like they would babysit me. But every other day we kind of just like hung out and we had like traditions from like going to roses and like having the food. It's like we had the same meal and had the same sub of Pia's every time because it's like our tradition now. And so just like, I don't know. It's like me and mom bonded from that. (laughs) (laughs) And so the the joke in the family is, is that uh, we didn't really parent McKay that his, his siblings parented him a lot. We had, because we had a lot of girls, teenage girls in the house when he's growing up. Right. Yeah, the yeah the baby of the family. That's what I. I mean, I think when when they handed me McCade after he was born, it was like he had five mothers at that point. I mean, because they were Molly was seventeen years older than you, and so yeah, yeah. they very much. We said we we told people we kind of moved immediately into grandparenting. Most definitely, <laughs> most so, definitely. I say McCade's the easiest kid to raise, and he laughs because he's like, "Well, that's because you didn't raise me; yeah. your sisters <laughs> did." <laughs> But was that was that uh, was that hard growing up with a bunch of? Did you feel like they different... were bossy? Were they mean? Were they? I don't know. I don't really feel like they were too bad. I feel like they're really loving, and they almost always brought me into like their friends or something. So I feel like that also gave me that confidence because I'm like, oh, I'm hanging out with high school girls already. It's like, <laughs> like, and you're four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like intending that they're all watching me or something. Like I remember I went through like a break dancing phase i could say which i didn't really know how to break dance but like i would dance for them and they would all like say i did it really good and so <laughs> it was a really random time but that's what i did and i tried to how old were you then maddox was in middle school like sixth grade so i was probably third grade oh yeah okay so yeah i am super confident that's definitely one of the qualities i would say that you have that you are and i think that it's um one, I think it's how God created you and made you, but I think that we fed that into you too because you were just adored. Like anything you did was just amazing and incredible and and everybody loved it. And Maddox was such a good big brother to you to, to take you along and show you the things. You guys shared a room for forever, didn't you? Well, yeah, we went till... This house. This house, yeah. Yeah. So, it was probably so it's till 2013 grade. and you were born in 2006, so that'd be about the first seven years of your life yeah i think i was nine when you when we moved here I yeah. did my math and then we and i remember <clears throat> putting you in school in first grade which was i put every the boys in third grade and the girls in sixth grade and homeschooled them until then but we, i decided to go to work full-time at liberty so we put kate in in first grade tell us a little bit about that you remember it was definitely different i've been homeschooled like the whole time and we yeah it was just a different dynamic of like being with people every day and just like learning how to do school 
I wasn't the great at spelling, and so that but, was a little difficult. Yeah, spelling was tough, but what were you really good at? I was really good at math. I really loved math. I don't know why it was, but like, I have this memory. I don't know why it's like a vivid memory, but like, I had I had the math book. It was like I think the first grade math book, and I was in kindergarten. Right. Because I like blew through the kindergarten math book. It's like one plus one. It was way too easy. <laughs> and so I like, mom and dad were getting ready to go to bed, and I like like walk in there. I'm like. I want to solve this math problem. How do I do it? How do I do it? And they're like, I'm getting ready. And then dad's like shower and he comes out. He's like, just go to bed. It's a math book. You can do it tomorrow. And so, yeah, I really like math. Yeah. I remember about your first grade, your first grade teacher adored you. Do you remember Mrs. Brown? Do you remember? No, it's Mrs. Wood. You're right. I always called her Mrs. Brown, but you're right. It's Mrs. Woods. She was yeah. incredible, and she just loved you. And I remember saying, telling her, "Okay, so listen. He's the he's the seventh kid, and he's adored, and he pretty much gets whatever he wants." And I said, "And he's like a wiggle worm." And she goes, "That's great. Then we'll make sure he doesn't have to sit in his chair." And do you remember you stood and did your schoolwork at your desk most yeah. of the time? Well, and even before he went to school, that's what I remember walking in when y'all were homeschooling. He'd be like on his, on his he- head, on his head, and just it's like wow. Oh, you just never are still. And so, you know, how did you deal with that? I mean, and uh, you in terms of, you know, that disrupts all the teacher orientation of how to teach people. Yeah, well, I mean, I, the, for sure, if Molly had stood on her head when doing school, I would not have allowed it. But by this point, I had progressed to McCade and just understood that the kid is who they are, just to accept them and let them do it. I mean, and he was he was killing it in school on his head, so why not let him just continue <laughs> to do that? And I think that, I actually think the school system has shifted a lot, and they've got balls that the kids can sit on, and they've got, they let them stand. And so I think that there's a lot more flexibility Flexibility now. I mean, and then those of you moms that are homeschooling that are trying to make it be traditional. Oh my goodness, home home is flexible. <laughs> Do you know bend to toward your child's bent? What are they good for? If they're wiggle worms, then I mean, and I think that we probably did school for about an hour a day, <laughs> if that even. And right. some days we didn't even do it when you yeah. were a little bitty. So. Well, you grow grew up, and you still have a lot of freedom as a for a child. I mean, in seventh, part of it's seventh child. Part of it is a lot of things we've learned in parenting. Part of things we love, some of the things we teach kids is parenting. Um, do you like that freedom? Yeah. I mean, I want to do it against it. I don't think you know any different though. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of the same thing. If people always say like, do you like being the seventh child? I'm like, I don't know any different from being a seventh child from a fourth child. It's like what I've lived with. And so, but do you look and see what your, your other, um, friends other you know other people are dealing with in life and their parents and things like that um what would you say how does it does it feel good for you to uh or does it feel like sometimes that you know that we're not paying attention to you or right, something that, like that i, I mean that's to say yeah like uh y'all kind of have this like accepting parenting i don't know how to explain it where it's like you make a mistake we'll fix it we'll talk about it which I feel like a lot of people that have like parents is like they do the tiniest mess up and they are punished at like something random or they like, I don't know, it's just like random things of like, they don't even have conversations with their parents. It's kind of like discipline the whole time and they can't like trust them at all because like if they bring something to them, then they lose something. The kid can't trust the parents. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. And so now we, we talk about that a lot. And so, you know, we're probably and we have moved over time and now with you very much on that side 
Um, how does that make you feel versus, I think it's a great thing to talk about. How does that make you feel versus how do your friends feel when they're dealing with their parents? It honestly affects their mood a lot of like, I feel like I'm able to like keep a happy mood and like not have to worry about like, oh, my parents are going to get on to me. I have to worry about this. I have to text them. I have to call them. I have to make sure they have my location. I have to like do all these different things of like when I'm hanging out with people and it really like ruins the time with people or if they're like in an event or if they're like doing sports or something, they just like are always pressured by their parents to be doing the right thing. Because in effect, they're always worried about their parents being mad at them. Yeah. And, and And then that really inhibits their freedom to have fun at the event that you're at is that what you're saying not even having fun but like even like having intentional conversations because like we'll have times where like people will just like go on their phone to text their parents because their parents like need them at that moment or like even in like small group a lot of people text like their parents texting them to saying where are you at you need to be home and so it's like they're with trusted people usually like we hang out with church people it's like we're not doing stupid stuff (laughs) that's good and so it's like they they might not know that but i feel like it just gets too much pressure on them and once the kid is pressured they want to deviate and they like tell someone they don't want to do the right thing or like test someone to do something they're going to do the other thing sometimes or like usually because yeah. they want to deviate and they want to like that's what teenagers do <laughs> and so like you can tell them what the right thing is but just be like if you mess up we're here for you and we're going to make it like help you yeah yep 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 yeah that's good that's one of the things that i'm surprised about is how um responsible you are be I mean like I I do feel like that as the seventh child I'm distracted with everything else that's going on now it's with grandbabies and like just yesterday you called and said hey mom I need to register for the UIL and all this stuff how does it tell tell me a little bit about how you became responsible or how what I mean in spite of all our parenting freedom how did you well I mean I'm just thinking because like usually the baby of the family is like spoiled rotten and taken care of and coddled and and babied if you will and I don't do you feel like you've been babied I think a lot of problems have been like solved because you like you've basically figured out like how to do high school how to do college and how to like figure out how to do like around the system or doing stuff like that so I feel like you've done that for a lot of things, but it's also like there's a problem of ahead of me. I'm not just going to like go away from it. I'm not going to inconvenient you, and especially whenever you've been like helping with the sisters and like being away in college. It's like I need to fix my own problems. I need to like come to dad or I need to like wow. get somebody else. And so it's like I can't pressure people with like a burden that which I can solve myself. And so it just like allows me to do my own problem solving, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Do you think? Do you feel like that was a something you made a decision on at some point? Like, okay, my mom and is dad. Absent. Yeah. <laughs> my mom and dad have a lot going on. Seven kids, and and they've given me all this freedom. I need to step up and be this kid, or you know, because some kids could have taken advantage of it and and tried to, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about that in just a minute. But I mean, do you think that there was there over time you just said, yeah this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to be. Or does it just kind of evolve? I think I was just more like annoyed about not solving something of like, if I sat around, if I sat around and just like let y'all come and do it for me, then I would have to wait like a week or two. It's <laughs> like y'all are solving all the other or kids. Or miss the deadline completely. Yeah. And, and yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to do this by myself and I need to like figure it out. And so, yeah, that's kind of like what I had the mindset of, of like, 
I need to fix my problems. I can't just. And so I, so that a story comes to mind of when this probably was set into motion. And I don't remember what grade you were, but it was lower school. And remember how you had to bring that book and have me sign it every day. And there was one time that you didn't bring it to me and I for sure didn't remind you. And you had to walk at recess and I mean, you had to walk at whatever. I think that that was one of those consequences that happened mm-hmm. that set in your mind in motion that if I want to make it happen, I need to be proactive. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I want to bring out here is I think we, I see so many, we've always told our kids with responsibility comes freedom. Yeah. That as you show responsibility, you you kind of earn freedom in our house. And because, you know, if you're going to do a bunch of bad stuff, then I got to put more re- restrictions on you and, and things like that. But it, but with responsibility comes freedom. And what you were saying a minute ago with some certain kids that are good kids, they still they don't have freedom, even though they are responsible. And so one of the things, parents, is to really look at your kid and say, you know, like McCade's a kid that. If we're going to leave at 7.30, he's going to be downstairs at 7.25. Or 7.20. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so because... He'd like it, to be driving off by Yeah, what, what we're talking about is who knows your kid best. And so if you know your kid and they are responsible and they tend to get things done or they tend to, you know, do the right thing, that's a great opportunity, parents, to give them freedom yeah. and to let them live and to let them feel that freedom that you... You are proud of them. You are, you know, um, you believe in them. You believe they're going to do the right thing. And because it really does, I think, McCade, what you're seeing with some of your friends that are responsible, that it completely exasperates them because they feel like their parents don't trust them, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, even speaking into that a little bit more, that, you know, one of the ways to extend that trust is to give your child some um touch points and so for like McCade if he's going somewhere that I'm uncomfortable where he's driving then I'll say will you text me once you get there and so he'll text me hey I'm here and then if he's out you know then he'll say he'll text me hey I'm home or I'm on my way home and so he's actually communicating with me I'm not reaching out I'm letting him communicate with me and so that might be a place where you can build some freedom with your teenager a little bit is for them to communicate with you instead of you constantly checking up on them and just realizing they're a person and you know when you we don't like a bunch of, i mean i don't like somebody to put a bunch of rules where are you on now me. don where are you now don <laughs> <laughs> or i don't like people judging my actions when you know given me you know especially when i'm doing the right thing our, our teenagers are much like that too and again this doesn't count if your teenager's doing bad things if they don't you know earn the trust it's different but i mean uh, so many teenagers, I think, will respond so much better if the parents would just give them some freedom and let them be responsible. They almost then it almost becomes like McCain said, I, I, and um, he wants to do the right thing because it, it it matters to him and he wants to make it happen. So another hot topic, Kate, I want to talk about because you are right in the middle of teenagerness, and I think that parents are hungry for information on how to connect and communicate with their teenagers. Um, so I feel like that you and I, well, I feel like we, you could talk to your parents about anything. You could bring anything to us. Would they, Would you say that that's true? Yeah. Is Okay, so what would you say to these parents out there who don't feel like their teenagers telling them stuff? What would you say to the parents so that they're, so that they could connect with their teenager? Yeah, what would open up those lines of communication? 
I mean, you're always going to have, like, something, like, you're not going to tell your parents just because, like, it's weird. It's, like, personal stuff, I guess you could say. <laughs> like, I don't want, like, you to know something just because it's, like, weird. And I don't want you to, like, look at me in a different way. It's not, like, a bad thing. It's just, like, a weird thing. And so I think there's always going to be something that you're not going to tell your parents. I think the best way that y'all have, like, opened up communication was, like, car rides. You kind of, like, made it intentional of, like, hey, we're going to, like, talk during this time. I don't, y'all don't really say it, but, like you kind of just like ask questions like how's your day how you're doing and it's like the normal questions and then also just like kind of being in our lives I guess you could say and just like being with the people like knowing the parents and so yeah you would uh just know the people and be like oh how's he doing how's y'all's friendship going like what y'all do and it's like also when we come home y'all would ask us like questions like what we did or, or like what we were going to do so like I think a lot of parents <clears throat> start to try to do that and then they, but it doesn't really work. And so what do you feel like, you know, makes it work, not just for you, but, you know, maybe some of your friends as well are just people that you know. And what makes it work? What parent, what do you see in parents that makes it work that their teenagers are willing to talk to them? Um, oh, you're, guess... the, you're the only one. You're the only one that can. <laughs> well, Think about it for a second, because this, as you said that, I was thinking of this example. So last night, Cade came home, and I visited with him for a second. I don't know what time you got home, 11, 30, 12, whatever. And he was telling me some of the things they did. And one of the things they did was pile a whole bunch of people in a car. And I think that that was hysterical, and it was so much fun. And I think that if any, if he, some parent, he might have told that to, the parent would have freaked out. Wait, you did what? You Did Did y'all drive anywhere? Did you go anywhere? Did you do anything? I mean, how many people did you get in there? I mean, how'd y'all do seatbelts? And freaked out. And so, but it for but in but kid number seven coming along, a baby, you know, I'm thinking, what a fun, clean, what a fun way to have clean fun. You know, what a what a silly thing for teenagers to do to be, you know, outside the box but not breaking the law or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like that happens a lot with your friends that that I mean with some friends that they're like they would never they're, tell they're, their parents what they what you guys have done, even though y'all have done good clean fun. Yeah. I mean it's just like they're just scared of maybe not even like a consequence, but just like judgment from their parents of mm -hmm. like, they're just going to push down on them or like, yeah, like just overreact. That just is not needed. And so they don't feel comfortable telling just the things that they're doing in like the normal life. And it's like simple things. Like we do random stuff that is teenager stuff, but it's also, we're not getting drunk. We're not getting high. We're not doing stuff like that. And we're like, it's better clean fun than that. Like, as you said, clean fun, but it's like it might be a little dangerous sometimes, but teenagers are gonna do dangerous things, and so just like if You're it's invincible, a yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's like cliff jumping. Y'all did that one time where y'all were jumping off cliffs into the yeah, water. The cliff jump, we jumped off, and you had to like climb back up to the cliff because yeah. like on the there's like wet rocks, which is fun, and it's like it's an activity you can do because teenagers sit there and they're bored and they don't want to talk the whole time, so they're gonna find an activity, and so if it's not like alcohol or drugs and sex then it might be a little dangerous but it's not like extreme but like right you just kind of have to be a little accepting of it and so another hot topic i think that parents would be interested in since we have you as a you know captive audience here as a teenager is technology we so we you you pretty much don't have very many parameters when it comes to what we put on you what would you say to parents who you know, or on their kids all the time about technology? Uh, I think it's very, like, 
invading of the personal space because like a phone yes you can do a lot on it but if you're like constantly checking it then they can't like really use their phone it really seems like it's someone else's phone and so they're always like scared to talk on it scared to do something with it like i'm not do something but like text somebody or make plans because they think their parents are going to get the phone and just like do something and just like punish them for like words that you can't even tell because you're reading from another conversation like you can't tell what their like tone was because it's text and so people just can get taken out of context like i had this one person that got a selfie from a friend sending an outfit like it was a girl and a guy he got a selfie from an outfit and she was like saying like hey do you like this outfit like asking whatever and his parents grinded him for a week and it wasn't it wasn't a revealing outfit it was like completely like church clothes like not at all yeah. But it was like a mirror pick, and so she was, they were like, no, that's unacceptable. And so it's just like really on to him of, of like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like you've already, like, they've seen that. They're, they're going to church. They're going to see the outfit. And so it's like it doesn't really matter. Well, and so what are some parameters that you've put on yourself? Because I know that at one point you had some apps and now you don't. And there was some things that came up on your feed. And you, I mean, like, what do you do about that? How do you even, because I think parents come in like, oh, my gosh. But as a teenager, what is it that you put into place that you could even tell parents to help their teenagers or even talk straight directly to teenagers? Uh, a great thing that dad put on all of our devices was covenant eyes it's like this little thing that like doesn't allow you it's like another browser that doesn't let you look at like nude images and stuff like that so that was really helpful to not have the temptation to look at it on my devices and then um, social media i kind of just like i spent a lot of time on it and there was a lot of like things that you just like come up that is girls i mean you're gonna look at it as a teenage boy and so there's just a point where i was just like i don't like seeing this anymore or like i would like seeing it but i don't want to like keep looking at it anymore <laughs> love that <laughs> and so i was like i need to stop looking at this and so currently i only have a social media called be real which is like it's a one-time post which is your post is posted to everybody and so it's like nothing is like inappropriate and it's like basically an update of like what you're doing that day so it's community so you've got accountability yeah wow. and so it's like so so it's like one social media i have and yeah it was a pretty that's the only things. Instagram, you can't control your feed. TikTok, you also can't control your feed. It's like the next swipe, you don't know if you're going to see a funny joke or a girl. And then Snapchat is the same thing because they have like a little social media part. Yeah. And it's also just like non, it's like removable communication. Like you're not accountable. And so I liked it. It was nice for a while because it kept me connected with people. But I realized I could probably text without it. And all the people I was texting, like, had text or I could like have their number and so I was like I don't really need these people on Snapchat and so that's why I got rid of it so you choose wow. to communicate with people I think that's a huge thing to talk again okay so parents what could you do with this you could go and you know corral your teenager in the room and say okay from now on we we heard from McCade and he's just <laughs> doing text and so and all your friends be mad at you and so please parents don't do that but I mean but you know we have a lot of discussions with McCade about technology you know and hey and then he comes to us and says hey I, I want to do this or whatever what if you just have the conversation you know hey teenager what if you just tried to communicate what if you tried for a week just to communicate through text and not through Snapchat because text is a lot safer and it would help you. Um, 
you know, something like that. Do, what, do you think the teenagers would be receptive to those kind of conversations versus putting down all the rules? How would you recommend yeah. that parents engage that conversation with their teenager? I'm not sure if it's like saying to remove it because like a lot of community is on those social media and like a lot of people, if they disconnect from it, especially if they're like out of it, then they do lose friends, I guess you could say, which is not the best friends. Connection but, with friends. Yeah. It's like a lot of connection of like, there's a lot of group chats on Snapchat that people have. And yeah. so that's like accountable because like everyone's there and like, there's always like a screenshot or a saving the picture. So it's like, it's not completely removable, but I don't know how you push the the conversation i guess you could say like ask like what they're looking at or what's like on their feed of like what they like to watch or something is there a way that parents can you know you were talking about how when parents watch their phone all the time and you know and it makes it feel like it's i think it's a great point you said it makes it feel like it's not their phone is there a way or have you seen a way that parents like we don't really look at your stuff a lot and we give you a lot of freedom and there's a lot of trust built up over time. But let's say that, you know, parents are just now stepping into some of this realm and uh, they want to do it better. Is there a way that that parent can look at the uh, what the kid's doing that, in a way that's not as invasive to the kid? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you get on the phone without basically going into their personal stuff because it's like, I don't know, just checking out what they do. Because, like, I don't think you would like if I came onto every one of your conversations and looked at what you were texting because that's just, like, a little weird, just, like, your conversations. So I'm not sure how it's you... It's just a little bit too personal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Of, like, yeah. That's, that's well, what so what, I, what, I, what I've taken out of this, and I just want to kind of sum it up and move on to um, siblings, actually. But... um is that I appreciated what you said about that, you know, to treat, be treated as a person, to have personal space, that that's where, you know, kind of where technology is to keep those the open lines of communication. Um, and just to, as I look at McCade and what he's done, he's kind of been on his own journey. And with those different apps that we he had, he used those, but he came to his own conclusion not to do that. And that's our goal, parents, is that self-control, not parent control, especially in that team teenage season our goal is to teach them to put their own boundaries up and so for you you decided that that snapchat and tiktok they weren't working for you they weren't putting into you what you wanted to see and so that's parents that's the journey your kids are going to go on and you can you can help them i don't know how much don and i helped mccade but i know that your church group probably did your accountability did your brothers did i think all of them speaking into his life and so that's another place where we can um, speak truth into our kids and honestly like removing like i've seen many people like on snapchat and on instagram and all those like different social medias of like their parents don't allow them, but they'll find a way to get on Snapchat. Always, yeah. And so it's like, you can let them have Snapchat and be sneaky about it or just like stop them and like, not stop them, but like, just like let them have it and just be responsible. And I guess I allow you to do it. Just like, I guess monitor the conversation the best you can without like being. Conversations. Yeah. What are you seeing on Snapchat? What is there anything for you? Is there anything against you? Are you seeing more bad than good? Can you delete the negative feeds? Yeah, just kind of have those those back and forth conversations because parents, everything that comes 
um, everything that the world presents to our kids, whether it's technology, drug, sex, you know, all the different things, that is another opportunity for us to connect and relate to our kids. That's another place for us to um, guide you know, and direct them. We've had them. lots of conversations, and you have more than I do, Suzanne, but about the apps that, you know, and, and so often, you know, I think we said this in the last mm-hmm. podcast too, but worth repeating, ask your kids to have them teach you about the apps. Yeah. You know, hey, I don't get Snapchat. Would you show me? And, you know, McCade, I, I bring my computer, my t- iPhone problems to McCade all the time. I can't figure out this oh, setting yes. or whatever. And, and, and my just, story about McCade was when he was, what, three or four years old, he was posting pictures on my Facebook on my phone that I didn't even know how to do. <laughs> so like, Dude, how'd you do that? <laughs> but when you become the student parents, it allows you to engage with your teenager at a whole different level. Yeah, not threatening. Yeah. So Okay, so I want to transition now to siblings because so many times that, that teenage scene, the siblings don't get along. That and so how do you get along? You're the youngest, so it's a little bit different, but how do you get along with your siblings and how would you, you know, help parents tell their teenagers to be nice to their, you know, older siblings or younger siblings to not be a brat like i don't i don't feel like you were ever a brat how you know how did you i mean i guess the siblings were always just like don't do that you're annoying (laughs) so they're kind of hard on me of like if i ever was doing something they would be like on to me i guess i also think they weren't too mean to me of like they would help me when i needed help and so i would bully they didn't necessarily bully you yeah and so that's I don't, I think it was just, they already had like relationships. And so they came, brought me into the relationships of like, y'all have the rules of like, you don't hurt your sibling. You don't do whatever, whatever. And so it's like, you have all these like different, it's not really rules, but just like the things like the Mannings don't do that. The Mannings don't do this. And so it's the friendship of like having them. And like, I have family, I have people to be behind me. And so like, why leave that? And like, why hurt them and why bully them? There's no reason, like they're gonna live with me, they're gonna come home with me. And so to me, really great. And I think we also had small group was a big thing, especially for like me, Michael and Maddox. Mm-hmm. And when I was like small group with them, and I think the sisters had the bond from small group too, of like they, we went to church together and we went to hangouts together and they brought us up and like, it kind of has this like thing of like the oldest sibling brings the youngest sibling to the things and so it like kept on going down that's what i saw at least from like at least macy to down i'm not sure if madeline and molly did it yeah that's good but because you weren't born yet <laughs> i wasn't born i just i haven't really heard the stories but um yeah it was kind of like they brought him to the small group and that's kind of how i'm in like my friend group now of like maddox kind of was like well it started from basically maybe macy and it's just like kind of trickled down of like this is like the church group at valley creek it just kind of trickled down of different people that have went to the small group and so it's we have had multiple different leaders people have went in from college and like done different things we just were saying goodbye to like all the seniors right now because they're all leaving and so yeah uh it's just like came and down you're gonna, you're gonna be a sophomore so you're talking about a three-year difference in those age groups so you've got in that friend group is kids of multiple yeah, grades. senior, sophomore, yeah. junior, senior, yeah. Yeah, I think we have every grade in our group, like multiple people from every grade of it's just like grades really don't matter because like as you're older, it doesn't really matter. And so we kind of just like brought the younger people in 
and like currently we're raising younger people of like they're gonna bring up and then we're gonna bring eighth graders in and then we're gonna bring seventh graders in mm-hmm. so i think i joined in like probably eighth grade is when maddox really brought me in because i was like classified as a freshman yeah in valley creek because we wanted to do that and so i started going there at that point and i was with friends with a lot of them since i've been at middle school hub and so yeah it was just kind of a friend group that we've raised up and we're working with now and we're still hanging out with them and so they're pretty solid that's good okay the question that came to mind is who who would you say is the biggest pest in our family uh michael no we all voted you oh yeah me after i thought like i was excluding me i'm the biggest pest but then michael's the second biggest pest (laughs) and so how how do you be a pest without being a brat um i don't know i don't know how much it annoys people because some people get really annoyed about like pesting or pestering i don't know what the word i think pestering's right that's good (laughs) and so i guess it's like you can kind of tell when they get annoyed and so once you like kind of push them and they're like stop and they like get really mad but like if it's still kind of a joking manner then you're kind of fine and so i really just kind of like mess with them this older siblings i'm way smaller than well i'm bigger than most of them now the sisters yeah you outgrew them but uh so like if they really wanted to like if they're really annoyed then they can like push me away like stop me or something but that's getting harder and harder though (laughs) as you as you grow you're growing into yourself and so yeah it was just kind of like messing with them a little bit in whatever way i could i don't know why i did it but it's kind of funny yeah yeah, no, that definitely, and you bridge the gap really well to the grandbabies, because they're kind of like, does it feel like they're your little brothers and sisters? Like, because you never had anybody after you; everybody else did. I want to say little brothers, sisters. I kind of know them as my nephews. Yeah, because it's so, a big gap. Yeah. Yeah, and so I know they're my. They're like really tiny, and so it's kind of fun to like be the older brother and throw them around and like throw them on the couch, or whatever. Because I didn't really have that as a kid, but yeah, that's kind of what it's been like. Yeah, so Cade's happy-go-lucky. We don't know exactly what his Enneagram is, but I would say it's probably a seven on the... Would you say that? And didn't Michael test you a little bit? It's just numbers to me. I I know, I know, I know. But he's just... He likes to have a good time. He likes to have fun. He will have a deep conversation. But he... um, Yeah, but he just... He usually brings the fun. Somewhat, would you say you're extroverted? That you... Yeah. There's a point where I'm like dead and I can't do anything I have to have my sleep and so if like there's a time where I'm like too much with people and I don't have my sleep then there's a point where I die and I like too tired to talk to people I'll still talk and I'll still like do stuff but like the big thing is that my eyes like I can't keep them open (laughs) and so like I could probably have a conversation with my eyes closed and I'll be fine but and you're an internal processor right and so you he has to think it out a lot and so to have a deep conversation with him it's kind of like with me, it's hard. <laughs> you got to draw them out. And then the other co- the other quality that I just think is a gift from God as the last kid, as kid number seven, is that you're pretty black and white. Like yeah. you see what's wrong and you see what's right. Is that true? Tell me, tell me a little bit about your thinking on that. Yeah, I kind of saw it as like stupid or <laughs> right, I guess you could say, of like, that's dumb. Why would I do that? And so that's kind of how I've seen right and wrong of why I do that. I, I, I do a lot of like, not really pros and cons, but you could say pros and cons yeah. of like, this is going to do this, this, this for me. And it's going to do this, this bad for me. What do I want good for me? Like I want more good. If there's more bad, then it's like, I don't want that. And so that's kind of like how I lived for a lot of time. 
Well, it's a good super segue. logical matter of fact. Yeah, it's a good segue too in your relationship with God. So, like, where would you say we talk to parents a lot about how from twelve to sixteen, a lot of thoughts about owning your own faith, you know, developing your own relationship with God, your own disciplines with God, things like that. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Um, I really didn't really know God till like probably sixth grade, seventh grade. It's whenever I kind of got more involved in Hub and like small group and like talking about what's going on because like it's really confusing. I still don't know everything, but of like getting involved in the church more and like having small group and having worship and like getting involved in stuff and like going to events of like, okay, this is what's happening. And so my logical mind, I need to understand a lot of things. And so I didn't really understand a lot. And so once I really dug deep, especially this last year, I really dug deep into like, watching podcasts, reading the Bible for myself of like doing my own thing is what I really felt my faith rise. Like it's been building from sixth grade, but I really like dove deep this year. And so that's why I really felt, I felt connection. And then also like I started driving and so you I felt f- connection with God. Yeah. And so I've also been started driving, which means I get a lot more alone time of like, I guess forced alone time where I'm like away from screens and I'm like driving on the road which I feel like has been very nice because I've been have conversations and worship time by myself of like, it's just me and him. And so that's where I feel like I've had the most connection. It's like basically this last year of following him. Yeah. I want to just kind of summarize that a little bit and then go forward as well. But you know, one, you, you were raised in a very Christian home. Your siblings are all believers and mom and dad are super involved in the church and everything else yet still it didn't start to make sense to you till you were in sixth or seventh grade, till you're Which 12, 13, 14 years old. Yes, time. exactly. I just wanted, I want parents to hear that. And then, you know, the real connection starts happening at 15, 16. I mean, that, you know, there's this, almost every child we've seen this exploration of faith from 12 to 15 or so. And then 15 to 18 is when the relationship really starts to develop. And I just don't want the parents to miss that because so often we see parents getting so concerned that their 10 year olds not, you know, doing daily devotions and, right. and, 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 you know, and, and praying and all the time. maybe your 10 year old is and yay for you. <laughs> yeah. But, but we just haven't seen that. We just seen even in our thoroughly Christian home, it still takes the teenage years, but mm-hmm. you know, for the child to develop. And, and yet, you know, um, there's been some times you, you, you talked about how you're feeling closer to God. We were talking the other day, just kind of how you were feeling distant from God. It has some ups and downs, right? I mean, as every journey is like, you're going to have ups and downs of your relationship, which you definitely see that of like, you're going to go, there's going to be like a temptation or an addiction that you're going to fall into of life because like that's just like what the devil does he gets you into things and so there's going to be ups and downs and as you like go more into the devil there's or more into like sin you're gonna get more distance and so you kind of like feel separated but um, i guess he's always there and so it's like you're gonna come back and so i guess life is like a roller coaster Yeah, it's spoken very true. I would say my relationship with God is a lot like a roller coaster too. You know, when I press in and pay attention to him, there he is. And when I avoid him and do my own thing, then I feel distant. So that's good. As we wrap up, what would you say? So you have a child like McCade. What would you tell parents about parenting a child like McCade? Pretty responsible, extroverted, um, you know, uh, on the right path. 
Um, how would you tell them to parent you? I would be like conversational, I guess, of like pursuing conversation of saying, hey, we're trying to talk. What'd you do? And doing that stuff. But then also just like allowing, I guess, him or me. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> allowing him to kind of like solve his own problems. I, I am problem solver of like, you can't really coddle the baby for too long. Of like, I feel like if y'all coddled me for too long, y'all would be like, really burdened because like a dealing with another child of like there's already a lot of children and so if you allow them to solve their problems then they are able to solve them like the real world of like yeah two years i'm gonna be or three years i'm gonna be going to college and if you keep calling somebody then they can't do college they're not gonna do it by themselves and especially with like limitations of like i feel like y'all give me a lot of freedom and so once i do go to college i'm gonna already i'm gonna have that freedom I've already had figured it here. out. Yeah. yeah. You're and I'm not like, gonna be... I can do it here. And so it's like, why not give them the freedom here and let them screw up here and then fix it from here and not from college. Cause if That's they're good. at college and they get all this freedom, like what the heck I can do all these things. Yeah. And you don't know what they're doing. Like they're yeah. completely lost. And so if you let them have freedom here and screw up here, then you're there, you're next door. And so you can help them out. It's very wise. So Maddox is on his way to Arkansas you're by yourself with us now <laughs> for three years. Are you, uh, are you worried about final as we, are you worried about the next three years? Uh, are you, you worried feel about like now we're going to overparent you? Or are you going to yeah. be relieved that you're finally going to get parents? We're going to flip back and become these controlling. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going down? Okay. Where are you going now? <laughs> hey, you want to get a pedicure? How about a manicure? How about, how about go to the movies? You, you want to play? Come play with me, McCade. Yeah, I think, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> I think I'll have time with friends. I know I'll probably, I might visit the siblings or go down with y'all if y'all do. Yeah. Football season makes me busy. And so mm-hmm. currently very busy, but I feel like I'll figure it out and it shouldn't be that hard. I'll, well, I think it's, it, I feel to me, it feels a little bit like when um, it was just me and you and everybody was in school again. So yeah. it's like our second round of you know, roses and, you know, memories and traditions. Yeah, somebody Super said, are you, are you ready to be an empty nester? And I said, no, I still got three more years with McCain. I'm not ready. <laughs> That's right. And wrapping up the whole series, Suzanne, yeah. anything you want to um, leave with people for the series? Yeah, yeah. Um, so God has um, given us each child as a unique gift with its own packaging, and they, everybody, each of our children has their own and I'm their own gifts and talents and an introvert, extrovert. I mean, all the all the different things, and so it's it's such a mystery, and it's such an incredible opportunity for you to press in and get to know your child, to to ask the questions, to 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 um, unravel who that child is and who God's created them to be and let them be that without changing them or forcing them to be like you or like their siblings. And so I just want to encourage you parents to to see the child as God sees them and to see those gifts that God's given them. And that's our goal is that we want you to interact with them, ask them questions, be, be live with them and not just be like McCade was talking about the parent that's always lecturing always on their kids always yeah. it's always you said something at the in the middle of the podcast about it being always discipline and that for so many parents of teenagers and so many parents of even grade schoolers to teenagers it becomes all about discipline all about 
um, and and very little about connection and, and it, relationship. Like, and what relationship, if you re- yeah. what if you change the perspective to relationship and not discipline? Yeah, and every kid's different. You're going to have to relate to each one of them differently, and you think, oh wow, this is hard. But it's it is, but it isn't because once you get into it, and it just becomes so much fun. I mean, we we have so much fun with McCade, and and it's a Definitely. fun relationship, and um, and we enjoy him every day because. We, we know him, and so and we pursue that relationship. So anyway, who knows your kids best? We hope it's you, parents, and we uh, hope you go back and listen to every one of the podcasts from this summer, the seven kids, seven podcasts. Uh, we think you'll really get a lot out of that. So if, you, if you're just now getting into this, go back and listen to the other ones and see what happens when you can know your kids best. So go be crazy parents, crazycoolfamily.com. <laughs>